0: Welcome to the Valleybrook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a message from our two-week series, Gifted and Equipped, which explores what it looks like when we each step into the gifts God has given us. To watch any of our previous messages or find all listening platforms, we encourage you to visit www.valleybrook.cc forward slash on demand. Enjoy! Good morning, everybody. We want to welcome you here again to our campus here in Granby as well as to our online campus. We're glad you're here, and we hope that you'll join us again next week. So this is the second part in a series called Gifted and Equipped. So last week, we looked at the truth that God has gifted every follower of Jesus with spiritual gifts. Now, if you're saying, I don't know what my spiritual gift is, there is the reality that we have to lean into that. We have to begin to study and even experiment with using that gift and, and really investigate uh, at what our gift is. Now, we talked about that last week, and if you want to go back and listen to that, I encourage you to do so. You can also stream it on demand anytime you want to. But this week, we're going to look at the fact that uh, God not only has gifted His sons and daughters with spiritual gifts— But he has actually equipped us to be able to do the ministries that he has called us to do while we're here on this earth. So uh, let me just begin with with an illustration. And and, uh, just to sort of uh, cap this off, on Friday I was in Lowe's and I I walked around the corner as I came out of the garden center, and lo and behold, were all the Christmas decorations already. I, I was shocked. And I say that because I'm going to tell you a story from Jo Saxon. She writes about Christmas in her house. She, she actually talked about what Christmas is like for her husband and her two daughters. But as she's writing, she, in her most recent book called Ready to Rise, she says, I want you to imagine a very different scene on Christmas morning with my girls. She writes... The gifts are piled high around the tree, gifts with my daughter's names on them. They run toward them. They even pick them up, but they're subdued and uncertain. My eldest unwraps the gift that was on her list, the one that she really wanted, and she squeals with joy and then sadly wraps it back up again and pushes it under the tree. My youngest looks at her gifts with her name neatly printed on the tags and keeps asking, are they mine? Are you sure they don't belong to someone else? They unwrap their games and gadgets, and they put them down, leaving them untouched. And, and when I ask them why, they respond, well, suppose I play it wrong, or suppose I break it or something, and I ask, do you want me to return them to the store? And they say, no, no, I love them. I, really, I do. I, I just don't want to mess it up. That's all. Finally, they're persuaded to take some of their socks and the notebooks for school and some of the other practical everyday things from under the tree. But even then, they're not relaxed. But but at least they take them. And the other gifts? They leave them under the tree. Long after the lights go out, the presents are still there gathering dust, now just part of the living room furniture. The game that was supposed to be played with friends they invite for sleepovers is still there. The bike that was supposed to be ridden around the neighborhood is still there. The book series that they would normally immerse themselves in is still there. It's a cluttered room, but we won't clear it away because everything in the room is theirs. We're just waiting for our girls to recognize it. Sometimes the gift one of them needs is right there under the tree, but for some reason she won't take it. Most of the time, the kids' lives are so busy they simply run through the room without paying attention to the gifts that they wait to pick up to be picked up and enjoyed. It's a, it's a depressing illustration, she writes, and it, it seems highly improbable, she writes but, but After all, what children are going to ignore the gifts that their loving parents have given them? Gifts that they want and might have even asked for. But she says, yet although it sounds utterly unrealistic, it turns out that's what happens all the time with the gifts that God gives to us. God is the gift giver. God is our gift giver. And all too often we are like hesitant, nervous children questioning the gifts that we've been given. We leave them lying idle, gathering dust. Our Creator, our Heavenly Father, the ultimate parent, has lavished on us a generous, wide range of incredible gifts. You'd think with gifts like these, we'd celebrate from the rooftop, she writes. Huge gifts from a good father who is delighted to give us these gifts, who lavish these gifts on us because he loves us and because those gifts can be life-giving to us and to those around us. Yet you'd think we wouldn't be able to stop celebrating, but sadly, that's not always the case. Our responses sometimes go like this. We're afraid of that gift. We don't understand how it works. We've forgotten that it's okay to learn that that's actually part of the fun. So we quietly put it back. Or we've tried that gift, but people were critical of it. Or... It wasn't a popular gift or the right gift for someone like us. We felt embarrassed. Other people felt uncomfortable with our gift, which is in turn made us feel uncomfortable. Or the gift became cumbersome, burdensome. It upset the balance of our friendships and our lives. So we put them back in the box, resealed the wrapping paper, and put them back under the tree. You know, Joe Saxton in that book nails it when it comes to spiritual gifts. She talks about how many Christ followers handle the spiritual gifts that they've been given. Now, I know a lot of this is because we either don't feel equipped to use these gifts, or we don't realize that God has actually provided that equipping for us. And so we don't lean in to that equipping that God has provided us with. And we don't open And use those gifts, so to speak. But Scripture tells us this. Scripture tells us this about God. It says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father. So if God is a good Father who gives good and perfect gifts, wouldn't a good Father equip us to use those gifts? Well, he does. The Apostle Paul understood that this was exactly what God had done in his life. And I want to show you how he talks about his life's work to take the gospel of Jesus to the non-Jewish world. Now, I'm going to read from the message. This is Ephesians chapter 3. Paul is writing, This is my life work, helping people understand and respond to this message. It came as a sheer gift to me a real surprise god handling all the details when it came to presenting the message to people who had no background in god's way i was the least qualified of any of the available christians god saw to it that i was equipped but you can be sure that it had nothing to do with my natural abilities and so here i am preaching and writing about things that are way over my head the inexhaustible riches And generosity of Christ. The Apostle Paul recognized that God gifted him. And not only did he give him gifts. But that God actually equipped him. To take the gospel of Jesus Christ. To the rest of the world. And and think about it. The evidence is clear. That God used Paul in a huge way. to, To reach out and take the gospel. To preach the good news of Jesus. And to teach people about Jesus. Because the world has changed dramatically when it comes to people who follow Jesus since Paul's day. And just as God equipped Paul, he has done the same thing for all of us who believe in and follow Jesus. In fact, according to God's word, we've been equipped in three different ways if we're followers of Jesus. Here's the first way I want to talk about. You've been equipped by the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, let me read this passage from the Gospel of Luke. After the resurrection of Jesus, he came to his disciples and he said this, You can see now how it is written that the Messiah suffers, rises from the dead on the third day, and then a total life change through the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed in his name to all nations. Starting from here, from Jerusalem, you're the first to hear it and to see it. You're the witnesses. What comes next is very important. I'm sending what my Father promised to you, so stay here in the city until he arrives, until you're equipped with power from on high. Now, it's that last verse that uh, Jesus is foreshadowing when he is quoted in the Gospel of John saying this, If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. So Jesus kept that promise. He sent the Holy Spirit to earth 50 days after the resurrection on the day that we call Pentecost. And when we read about it in Acts chapter 2. And as I pointed out in, that, in the first sermon in this series, the Bible tells us, Whenever we become a follower of Jesus Christ, in other words, whenever we decide to believe in Him and live our lives following Him, He gives us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is poured into our lives, and the Holy Spirit comes into every Christ follower's lives and gives us gifts. The purpose of those gifts is to glorify God and build up the body of Christ. Now, I've said this before I generally always say when I talk about the fact that God has poured the Holy Spirit into us. Now it's not something to freak out about because the Holy Spirit is not going to make you do things that you don't want to do. The Holy Spirit doesn't turn you into a robot but the Spirit does give you spiritual gifts and the Holy Spirit equips you with what? With power to use those gifts But the Holy Spirit is gentle. You're still in control. You have to decide to use that gift. You have to decide to act on the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And you have to decide to walk in power with the Holy Spirit, doing what you've been called to do. So Here's the equipping piece. God sends us the Holy Spirit to equip us with power. With power to use our spiritual gifts. To be able to do God's will. To build his kingdom. To give him glory. To help people who don't know Jesus come to faith in Jesus. To help those who do know Jesus step into their purpose. That God has called them them to. But I, I want you to notice something. About when Jesus gave the promise of the Holy Spirit. There was a prerequisite. He said, if you love me, keep my commands. Now that sounds like two prerequisites, so, so hang on just a minute. It's actually one, and that one prerequisite is this, that you believe, that you believe in Jesus, that you have faith in him. You see, if you don't love Jesus, if, and if you don't obey and keep his commands, you really don't believe in him. You, you know, if you, you say you're a follower of Jesus, but you, you don't live out that life, Following him by faith, you're just giving him lip service. And the reality is, it's it's easy to say we believe in Jesus. It's easy to give that lip service. But in reality, if you actually believe in Jesus, it will be evident in the way you live your life. Your love for Jesus will be evident. Your faithfulness to his commands will be clear for all to see. So he's saying, listen, I'm going to give you with power. But you've got to believe in the Son who sent the Holy Spirit. The reality is this. You have been filled with the Holy Spirit as a follower of Jesus Christ. You have the power of the Spirit in you. He has equipped you to use your calling and your gifts to glorify God and to build up the body of Christ. So you're equipped by the Holy Spirit, but you're not only equipped by the Holy Spirit, you're also equipped by God's Word. Let's read this promise from God's Word. This is from 2 Timothy chapter 3. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, To say that scripture is God breathed means it's inspired by God. From God's word, we're taught what is true. And from God's word, we're convicted of our own guilt about our own sinfulness. From God's word, we're restored to a right relationship with God. And from God's word, we learn how to live a God honoring life. You see how God's word, how God's word equips us. Now, if you go back to the original Greek language, uh, that was uh, that these words were written in. You can actually uh, translate that phrase "thoroughly equipped" to mean furnish perfectly. Sort of sounds like a like a house, doesn't it? Uh, but think that through. If you build your life on God's word, then your life is perfectly furnished with everything you need to live for God. So, while there's not a prerequisite, a written one, for this equipping that happens from God's Word, there, there's an obvious prerequisite. And, and it's, it's simple. We actually have to read God's Word. We actually have to open the Bible. We actually have to spend time reading it to let Him equip us through His Word. Reading it will familiarize you with what God has commanded for us to do, Uh, but to be truly equipped, we we actually need to to make it part of our daily routine, to take it in, to actually spend some time thinking about it, to to meditate on what it means for our lives, to study it a little bit and and get to know a little bit more, to feed ourselves on God's Word. And that may include uh, memorization, That may also include uh, doing whatever it takes to make time for God's Word. So, if you want God's Word to equip you, if you want Him to teach you, uh, to rebuke you, to correct you and train you in righteousness, you actually need to spend time in God's Word. And only if we're engaged in God's Word, in Scripture, will it equip us to follow Jesus and use our gifts. So, we've looked at two things. We're equipped by the Holy Spirit with power. We're equipped with the ability to follow Jesus by taking in his word. And the third thing is we are equipped by God's leaders. Now, Uh, Over the past couple of years, we've been doing our best to help people discover their gifts and to actually lean into those gifts and and be equipped in power through the Holy Spirit and and through God's Word. And and we've actually noticed something. Uh, Of everybody that's gone through over 150 people, Um, we've seen that about 70% of people have serving gifts, gifts where they're serving. About another 15% of folks have what I would call teaching gifts, and another 15% have leader gifts. And so God has provided the body of Christ here, and honestly, the body of Christ around the world, with those that he wants to use to help equip the body of Christ. And this is all biblical. Biblical. We read about this in Scripture. In fact, we read about this in the book of Ephesians. So let us turn there to this and and we'll see this. This is uh, in chapter 4. Paul writes, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. To do what? To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. To think this through, in his provision for us, God has provided us with leaders who can teach us, who can guide us, who can encourage us in God's word. And the why he does this is very critical. This is equipping, as it tells us in that scripture, so that we can serve God and do his will using the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given us. And that why reason continues, as he says, so that the body of Christ may be built up. In other words, encouraged, helped to do what we're called to do. Now, To build up the body of Christ uh, means to help it grow spiritually and to help it increase in numbers, not just for numbers sake, but in other words, to help other people come to faith in Jesus Christ. It's this idea that that we help the body of Christ grow. In other words, more people understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Now, what I really like about this passage is that it helps us understand what this is At what the evidence of this equipping is how do we know that that we've been equipped that we are uh, doing what God has called us that the body of Christ is working the way God set it up it says we will have unity in our faith in Jesus and will be more mature like Jesus The emphasis is on unity in Jesus and being like him. And so the evidence of of a mature believer is that you have unity in the body of Christ, that you are living like Jesus. Think that through. In our world standards and our culture standards, we tend to to, uh, think maturity is measured by uh, university and college degrees, but that's not what scripture tells us. We, We would translate that into church world that, well, if I go to a lot of Bible studies, if I've got a lot of Bible studies in my history, that means I'm mature. But that's not what scripture says maturity is measured by. It says it's measured by the life that we live for Jesus. And that life means we're starting to live our lives as if we were living the life of Christ which would encourage unity in the body of Christ, and would also mean that we begin to look like him. You know, it's interesting. In the beginning of of the church, when followers of Jesus began to be called Christians, it literally meant little Christ. In other words, these people, these early followers of Jesus, lived lives that reminded people of this guy who said he was the Messiah, And they were called Christians, little Christ. So think this through for the body of Christ. The biggest job God has for Christian leaders is to encourage the body of Christ with biblical teaching, with a challenge to take in God's word and use it through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, the word equip means this. To provide someone with what they need for the task at hand. So God equips us with the power of the Holy Spirit. He equips us with the knowledge of what we're supposed to do through his words. And he equips us with the encouragement and support of godly leaders. So if God's equipped us and if God's gifted us, what do we do? We lean in. Now, now I realize I, I, I say lean in a lot, and, and I recognize that, it, that it's a term that I learned growing up from playing sports. Now, if you're an athlete, if you've ever been involved in athletics, uh, you're encouraged uh, in many of those sports to actually lean in, to not sit back on your heels, but to, to put your weight forward so that you're on the balls of your feet. Maybe even your heels are a little elevated so that you can push off and literally um, force yourself into the competition that you're doing so when I say we're supposed to lean into this equipping that we we have been given it really means that we're actually supposed to engage and and, and I think that's the challenge that we have in a culture where we've all been conditioned to consume things you know in my life, a long time before there was um, social media. Growing up, I would turn on the television. I, I would passively consume programs. You know, somewhere along the way, uh, when uh, Christian programming began to go on TV, you could actually consume program without actually having to lean in and, and engage in it. Now, obviously, as media has progressed in our lifetimes. You know, we've got social media, we've got uh, media in front of us all the time, and we can just continue to consume. One of the challenges I think that we face having gone through this pandemic is we've got this great tool that helped us actually be the church by attending online when we couldn't be there physically, but that can't replace leaning in to the equipping and the gifting that we've been given you know even when we can't physically meet together because of a pandemic we're still called we're still gifted we're still equipped and there's ways that God wants us to serve him and now that we're able to meet back together there's no excuse that we don't lean in to our gifting and equipping so what that means for us is is actually instead of sitting back and consuming we have to take the initiative. So let me just remind you of a couple of ways that you can do that. Uh, if you were here earlier, you heard the announcement. There's a women's event this Friday. It's called P- uh, Pizza with a Purpose. And uh, so there's gonna be a meal, a pizza, but after that, ladies are gonna gather and they're gonna look at discovering and learning how they can use their spiritual gifts. And this complements what we're doing in our growth track. Uh, You've heard about growth track before. It's really one of our main discipleship pathways. And in that growth track series, you can find out more about on our website. It will start again next month. And I encourage you to sign up. One of those nights, you'll actually discover your spiritual gifts and make a plan to actually lean into them and to use them for the body of Christ. And so we want to encourage you to do that. So that's discovering our spiritual gifts. But let's talk about equipping. Here's the first thing that I want to challenge you to do. You've been gifted. You've been equipped with the Holy Spirit. So ask the Spirit to give you the power to do what you sense your spiritual gifts are. To serve God in the kingdom of God. Ask Him to guide you. Ask him to nudge you. He will do that. Second, start reading God's word on a regular basis. Not, not on, a, uh, on a random way, but, but start doing it. In fact, I would encourage you this coming Sunday, this coming weekend, uh, we're going to start our all-church study. It's called Anchored. It's a study that we're all going to be studying together through our messages on Sunday and in life groups and in our daily devotions. So I want to encourage you to to make sure you come next week. We'll have the books for it available next Sunday. Also, I want to encourage you to sign up for a life group. But within those materials, you're going to find daily scripture readings. And just think about what God could do in the body of Christ if we were all reading the same scriptures every day and asking God to speak to us. The more we're in God's word, the more it becomes part of us. And then the third thing that we need to do is let our leaders equip you. And one of the ways that we do that is through joining in life groups. And so, as I said, we're gonna kick that off next weekend. We'll have virtual groups as well as in-person groups. So we encourage you to sign up for those. The, the fact is this, is that God has equipped us and we're supposed to lean into that equipping, taking the initiative, not sitting back and waiting for somebody to give it to us. So I want to I pray for us. I'm going to invite the worship team to, to come forward, and we're going to have a closing psalm. But while they're coming forward, I just want us to, to think about this prayer time. The prayer time that I want us to focus on is talking to God about how He can work in our lives through the equipping that He has given us. And so I'm going to give us some time to pray just to ask God to work in our lives individually, then I'll close us with a corporate prayer. I will start off with a a special prayer. You know, all of this is predicated on the fact that you've decided to believe in and follow Jesus. And so if you've never decided to believe in him and follow him, I'm gonna start off with a prayer for you that you can just pray silently wherever you are to commit your life to believing in and following Jesus. So if you would, let's pray. God, as we gather in this place today, as we've opened your word, we've seen what you have done for us. And so, for that person who's recognized today that that Jesus has done all of this for them and they want to become his follower, I want to encourage you, wherever you are, just to pray these words silently to God. Dear God, I believe in Jesus. I believe that he died to pay for my sins. And I believe he rose again from the dead and I want to follow him. And so today I commit to following Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And we'll say amen to that prayer. And right now I just want to give everyone some silent time to talk to God about recognizing that they've been gifted and equipped And asking God through the power of the Holy Spirit to lean, to help you lean into that power and into God's word and into being equipped. So spend that time talking to God. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you have given us everything we need. You've given us eternal life through Jesus. You've poured out your spirit on us and you've equipped us with power. You've given us your word to help us understand what it means to follow you. And you provided us with those who will teach us and guide us and encourage us. So Father, now we say we'll just stop consuming, but we'll actually lean in and we'll accept this equipping and we'll do what you've called us to do. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.